Good morning, everyone. Hey, today I'm going to get into part four about principles in parenting and dealing with adult children on the podcast. Hey, this has been very enriching. I had someone reach out to me and they said after hearing um, just one of the podcasts in the series, uh, can you <laughs> can you come and parent my adult child? And the person was joking, but let me tell you, as a parent, you have been equipped by God to parent your children. Now, let me say this. Here's where we get it messed up at. Once I come to Christ, Christ gives me, according to scripture, everything that I need that pertains to this life and living a godly lifestyle. Now, what needs to happen, since he's already given that to me at that time of my conversion of salvation, the next thing I need to do is learn for that particular area in my life, whatever it is, but here we're talking specifically about parenting, I need to learn what the Bible teaches about parenting adult children in this case which we're talking about see if you don't learn that along with your recreated spirit and the Holy Spirit working together along with action which the Bible talks about adding to your faith if you don't do those things and intentionally make an effort to do them You are going to parent the way that you um, experience in life. Nine out of ten times people do that. Now, that could be bad. That could be good. There could be some things good or bad. And what you have to learn how to do, take the good, leave the bad, go back, re-examine those things that were good, and look at them in the light of Scripture. Because all tradition is not bad. Let's say, for example, if you were raised by a grandparent because your parents didn't raise you or weren't around for whatever reason. Well, okay, it's wonderful that that grandparent could have showed you love. However, you have to also look again to figure out, okay, was this pure love or was it a manipulating love? To get me to do whatever they wanted me to do, uh, be on their side, be an advocate against the spouse or someone they didn't like, and they were training you in a bad way of not only living and thinking, but really setting you up for a downfall later on when you had to be involved in relationships. We have to look at every area of our life in light of the word of God all the time because you can start out well, but it is very easy. And this is something that the enemy does. He gets you off track slowly, but surely. And the next thing you can look up and your child's an adult. You're happy you got them to an adulthood, but however, your marriage is broken. Why? Because somewhere along the way, you 
stop following God's plan for your marriage, for your family, for yourself, and for your children. What do I mean by that? Okay, look at it this way. If you believe in family as God does, because according to scripture, he created the first family, Adam and Eve. If you believe that that's God's best for raising children in this world, then I need to find out and go back through the whole Old Testament because it's filled with stories about families. That's what I like about God, because a lot of times what is done today in the world is when people talk about their family or write a book, they keep all of the bad secrets out, but they put all the good stuff in. We, we see that in television shows. Like uh, I was growing up, there was one called The Brady Bunch. Uh, you have The Cosby Show, things like that. You have families like The Brady Bunch, um, Father Knows Best, if you go back that far. Even though there was one that called was called The Courtship of Eddie's Father, about a man raising a six-year-old boy by himself, and the boy was always trying to get his dad hooked up to get married to someone. You had stories like The Brady Bunch where, look, you had a blended family, kids from different marriages or relationships, They lived in this nice house, one income, they had a maid, and probably the only problem I saw, it got solved in 30 minutes because the next time they came back the next day, that problem was solved and they were on to another adventure. See, when we talk about families, we have to understand that the Bible gives us a real picture of mankind and the impact that sin has had on mankind. And that's what I like about God. And all through from Genesis all the way to Revelations, it shows us how God will restore families. He will, when when it's done his way now, when it's done his way, but he deals with messing families, how correction has to be made, different things like that. So, if you don't understand how to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, that's one way you grow, but also a lot of times in community. We are made for community, community with other people of like precious faith. You should be having more friends and family members, or at least developing relationships where everyone is not sinners. It's okay, sure, everyone may not be a child of God. However, it shouldn't be all or none at all. It should be both, really. Because, see, we can learn from many people. Now, I'm going to go over a few things. um, Just to recap, and I'm going to hit a few more principles that I'm going to end today. One of the things with this story in Luke chapter 15... That's our text. That's where we're pulling these principles about parenting from. You have to remember, number one, that we're talking about uh, grown people, grown adult children. In the Jewish culture, a boy and a female, they had special ceremonies that 
was designed to tell everyone you're transitioning from boyhood into manhood. For the boy that was typically uh, 12 years old, around 13, that's called a bar mitzvah. Look this up for yourself. For the females, it's around the same age. I could be wrong, but it's called a bat mitzvah. So these ceremonies were done not just to say, well, hey, we're having a party. And a lot of cultures do this. Um, I was in Texas one time and I saw the Mexican culture. I think it's a Kenyatta. I may be wrong, but uh, they were doing some type of ceremony for the girls. I think she was turning 15 years old. But my point is, in this particular story, in the culture, there was a time at a certain age where that child was considered an adult, trained that way, put into the father's business, so he could get married as early as 17 years old, but he would get married, he would have his family, he would have a career, not a job, at McDonald's or Burger King's, but the career could have been in the family business. For example, when you hear about Jesus, one name he's referred to is Jesus the carpenter's son. Now, if you know anything about carpenters, and this is something I had to learn head on. First of all, carpenters are our modern day in America. We could call them construction workers also. So with carpentry, you would be building houses. You would be lifting heavy stuff. Uh, materials, walking, climbing. See, in those days, they didn't have cranes and things like that. You had tools. And if you've ever been to the land of Israel over there, let me tell you something. I had an opportunity to go over there, and that was the most hill-walking place. I'm talking about hills all over the place. And they had lots of stones. I'm not talking about bricks that we make. I said stones and rocks. So if you go over there, you're going to get pretty strong just over the years playing in that environment as a child, but also working with your hands. So Jesus, he knew the environment, the people he were talking to, the culture. So that's what he was explaining in this parable when he talks about a man and he had two sons one leaves the house things like that that this just wasn't some man and the son said hey I want to go look you cannot ask for an inheritance if you don't know your father has one okay not everyone can say well my father has X amount of dollars or he's going to give me uh, he set aside so much or even a piece of the business for me not everyone can say that. So let me go over just a few principles here that I want you to consider and remember um, about this uh, young man and how Jesus even lays out these points in the story. Well, first of all, number one, I've said this before. There are three sons, three sons that are identified in the story. One is the son who said, hey, dad, give me my stuff. I want to go. I want to bounce. The other son is the older brother who was not happy 
when his younger brother returned back home. And the third son, the third son identified in this story is the son who is telling the story, who's telling this parable, and he is often referred to in scripture as the son of love, Jesus himself. So let's see, let me just uh, rattle off some things that happened. Um, when the younger son left, what did he do? He asked for inheritance from his father before his father had died. Now, this can happen also in your life. Another thing this son did, it says that when he left the house, he went away and he attached himself to another citizen of another country. What that means is this here. He didn't just leave home, but another. when you attach yourself to something, it means this here. You take on and you start adopting a lot of times the practices, the customs, uh, it could be even the traditions or even sometimes the values that that other person or that place, that country, that um, I'll say America, that environment, that culture they do. So if you're parenting adult children, you have to understand that. A lot of times when they leave your house, they attach themselves to a whole different environment that they're in. Many parents and many adult children can say this about themselves when they went off to college. Left home, buck wild. You know, doing things that you you definitely weren't taught at the house and even some stuff you may have been taught at the house, you hooked up with somebody else and it was on. So, That's the impact of when you attach yourself with someone and you do not recognize, hey, what about my home training? What about my morals? What about my values? You know, um, at home, you know, I resisted the drugs, the temptation, the whoring around. I'm away from home and I'm just, I'm addicted. I'm a slave. I'm addicted like a junkie to any of it, to the drugs, to the women, to the money, to the fame. I'm looking for love. This is what it means when it says that son had attached himself. Another thing, the younger son, when he left, he had a conversation with himself before he decided to go back to his father. And if you look at the scripture, how it's written, He's discussing with himself, okay, this is what I'm going to say when I get home. Okay, here's something about the father. Notice in this story, and I haven't mentioned this before, but the father, he never ran after the son when he wanted to leave, nor tried to convince him to stay home. I say this particularly because a lot of times females... Those boys are ready to go. They need to go. And you're running behind them. Doing everything for them. Cut that 30, that 27, that 40 year old baby a loose and get out of the way. Let them go. You are ruining them to their detriment. Yes, you can love them. 
but love them from afar so that they can grow up. And so God, if you say you're praying for them, can do a work in their life. God will never be able to do a work in their life as long as you're standing in his way trying to be God to your child. Another thing about uh, this son, his father, he demonstrated how to greet his adult child when he saw him from afar off and not just when he got in the house. He just said, well, you get in here quick, the neighbor's going to see you and everybody knows what you did and you embarrass me. No, he didn't do that. He didn't do that. He greeted him and he was glad to see him come home. Also, uh, let me point out one other thing. In that day, you have to realize it was a normal thing for the son to take over the business after the father died. That was a normal thing. That was really, you're passing on your trade. Parents, adults, parents of adults, let me say. It is so important if you're still raising kids or if you plan on leaving something to them, that you study your children very carefully to make sure that whatever you want to pass on to them, that they can handle it. It is a shame and it is a waste of your time, your money, your hard work to pass on something that will be wasted, not appreciated, to a generation, to a child, or to someone who doesn't even know how to handle it. That's one of the biggest mistakes we make. Yes, I want to leave something for my child. Yes, I want to leave them the house. I want to leave them my car. Look, let me tell you this here. It is a waste and it is really foolishness to pass on something that will be squandered let's say within a year and it took you 30 years to build it if you want your inheritance to be used wisely you need to determine what that's going to be who it should go to um, maybe your favorite charity or if you have specific instructions detailed in a will of what is supposed to happen with your assets So I'm going to stop right here. Look, we talked about parenting adult children. Listen, I hope that you've considered and reconsidered some things that you've heard during these podcasts. Remember, I said in the Jewish culture, I'm giving you some of the basics and traditions that are still used today. You have a culture that you have designed that you're developing in your home. That culture could be, let's say, every Saturday or every Sunday, the family sits down at the dinner table to eat a meal together. And there are no cell phones. Or it could be uh, the cell phones go off on the weekend. Whatever that is, you are developing a culture in your home. As a wise parent, As a wise manager of your home, your finances, your family, your resources, develop a plan and put it into practice 
so when you expire, when you leave this earth, when you're getting ready to die, whatever you leave behind, you will know that it's in good hands and you're not just wasting your inheritance. I'm out. You guys enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for listening.